Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Human Behavior Show. Um, and we're getting through these episodes pretty quickly, and I'm super excited today Today, to have today's guest, Rob. Um, Rob is someone I met over on Clubhouse and someone who hosts um, social audio spaces as well, uh, especially on LinkedIn Audio recently. So I've had this theme of LinkedIn the last few episodes. We had Tima, who has 100,000 followers on LinkedIn, and I also... I'm getting on Hala, who has a massive following on LinkedIn. And now we have Rob as well. Rob, one of the, the change makers of the game changers on LinkedIn, leading the way. And he brought the Human Behavior Club on LinkedIn Audio recently. And that was quite a, a great experience. And, and, and I was really grateful for that. So Rob is, is a lawyer. And I've, I've realized this year how important you know lawyers are to myself with startups um, and how much legal plays a, a deal, make or break for a startup. So it's super interesting having him here. And he's also a top 1% legal talent solutions guru. So I'm really looking forward to kind of doing this episode with him. This episode will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. So do subscribe and listen along. But yeah, Rob, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell people your background, and then we'll kind of kick things off. Uh, well, firstly, thanks so much for, for having me. Really appreciate the kind introduction and, and just congratulations on everything that you have done thus far for the Human Behaviour Club and the community that you've built. And it's so progressive, so inclusive, and I'm really grateful for, for being here. So as you very kindly mentioned, so my name is Rob Hanna. I'm the founder and managing director of KC Partners. We're a, a world-leading talent solutions and content creation firm. So day-to-day, we're helping lawyers to land their dream jobs and secure their careers. Um, I also have been the host and the current host of the Legally Speaking podcast. We're a top 1.5% globally ranked show. We're sponsored by an organization called Clio, who have a $1.6 billion valuation and one of the sort of leading legal tech firms um, based out in Canada and the US and also over here in the uh, in the UK. And I'm also a proud uh, philanthropist. So I do a lot of non not prof- not not for profit words if I can get my words out for uh, the legal industry so I, I help an organization called the non Russell group lawyers which is trying to change the legal landscape and pave the way for non Russell group students and graduates to get more careers advice guidance and, and access to the industry and as of the start of this year I also launched an initiative called virtual insanity which is a, a web3 consultancy where we're looking to bridge the gap between the mainstream and the metaverse and flipping back to my my legal community with our our podcast. We're the first legal podcast in the world to currently be producing NFTs and, and also to be releasing a, a creator coin attached to that legal community very soon, which I know you know all too well about. And I'm, I'm super passionate about normalizing the conversation when it comes to mental health, diversity, equity, inclusion, particularly within the workplace and have collaborated across social audio with, with good friends that we mutually know, the likes of Johnny Nash and various others to really try and change that alarming statistic that 85% of people are unfortunately unhappy and fulfilled in their roles to have a far happier motivated and inclusive workforce so that's me thanks so much uh, for having me yeah rob it's an absolute pleasure i never thought a doctor and a lawyer would have so much in common <laughs> but we do talking all things web3 talking all things mental health um and there's a lot you seem to be doing um so um, i mean congratulations to you as well you've you've just been launching projects non-stop <laughs> i mean you're always um you know, when I hear you speak, I always know it's going to be a credible room. I know it's going to be a high quality room and you have this prowess about you when you speak. So definitely enjoy having you in the human behavior show. Uh, so this had to happen. 
Um, so firstly, I kind of want to start off with, tell us about your journey. So becoming a lawyer, what, what made you go into law? Because um, I see um, from, from a human behavior perspective, I see when you're training as a lawyer, you have to le- do a lot of reading. You have to learn a lot. But a lot of it is, end of the day, also reading humans, understanding why you know certain laws are formed, depending on what areas you specialize in. A lot of it is dealing with humans. So I find that super fascinating. So what kind of drew you to that? And then uh, from there, you know, you've set up, you know, your, your company as well. And um, you set up so many different projects. What kind of motivates you to do these things? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so hey, we really appreciate that. So um, just to, to sort of clarify, so I, I work with, with lawyers day in, day out. I come from a legal family. So whilst not necessarily a qualified lawyer per se I'm working with lawyers and very much in the legal community and understand a lot of their drivers and come at it from a careers um, perspective so I guess to sort of answer the forefront why the interest of being in the the legal industry and and sort of being attached to that it actually stems back to my my childhood so my grandfather ran one of the most um, prominent law firms in the United Kingdom in the 1950s um, because where I'm from originally Leicester that was actually the second richest city um, outside of London back in the heyday because there was a lot of commercial and hosiery trade there. So I grew up in his law firm. I was really getting to grips with sort of all the important jobs like stapling, photocopying, getting the coffee, all the things that make the law firms tick, I jest, of course. But that really fueled my passion for, for wanting to leave a legacy um, and connection to our family within the, the legal profession, knowing that my grandfather did so well and you know did that from absolutely nothing. His, his father died when he was just eight years old always it was a very working class background really had to sort of fight to to basically create everything that he did and just to give a very very short story and this sort of ties into why i'm doing a lot of the web three and you know stuff where we share so many synergies and i remember vividly my grandfather every year after he would retire he would get more and more christmas cards delivered to his house and i just thought that's bizarre how many friends can somebody have and he would say no rob they're not friends they're they're old clients and they're siblings of clients and they're actually daughters sons of previous clients and that really resonated with me because that showed that he had built a legacy you know his previous legal clients wanted to keep him informed wanted to keep in touch really saw him not just someone who delivered legal services but went above and beyond to really care about them as humans and individuals and so i'm trying to replicate that but very much in a modern form utilizing the the technology that we have the digital ability with social media and these the metaverse and all of these cool new technologies that I know you're actively embracing yourself to build a wider, more collaborative, kinder legal community because there is, you know, a, a mental health, um, you know, issue, not just in the legal profession, but across the professional services space. And, you know, there is a lack of diversity, equity, inclusion. And so the more that we can amplify to use our voice to make change in the right positive steps to, to change behaviours um, within the legal profession, that's what's really motivating me day after day to, to really sort of double down on the legal industry and try and keep that that legacy going to do good for the industry. Robbie, I, I wasn't aware of the, actually the, the kind of um, history you have with your family in, in the legal space as well. But that's incredible that you want to keep that going. Um, obviously, it seems like your granddad was super successful. So, I mean, often, I mean, my father's a doctor and that often motivated me to become a doctor as well or in the medical field or stay within the health field as well like I am now. <laughs> I don't practice as much. 
Um, so it's interesting how that does motivate us to keep going. And then, yeah, we'll come on to Web3 in just think that is what is super relevant right now for the listener. A lot of listeners of the podcast um, want to know about emerging projects. If it be NFTs, I have my creator coin, dot coin. Yours is coming, so we will kind of dive into that. Uh, but before that, so when you are looking to kind of looking for top talent, what are some of the hallmarks of that? How, how do you how do you go about that? What are you looking out for? Yeah, so it's a really good question, um, and I think there's a there's there's a few things I would suggest that may surprise people. Firstly, now we are in a digital world, so first impressions count. You very kindly mentioned LinkedIn, um, Sahib, and that's a platform that I'm very active on. I've actually been, as, as you mentioned, I'm one of the, the early beta testers for their LinkedIn audio product. So I was in LinkedIn's head office in, in Dublin. I was invited to fly over the other week to, to sort of give them some counsel, and I run the town halls for them um, whilst they're sort of developing and fleshing out that product. But I, I reference LinkedIn because now, you know, there's an opportunity for you to to create a welcome mat for when recruiters and talented headhunters are looking online to create a really strong first impression so you know whilst it's not necessarily it's just the first impression it's a great way to get ahead so i'd encourage people particularly if you're thinking of trying to attract strong recruiters to think about how you can really make your linkedin profile attractive to your particular market so for me when i'm looking for top lawyers let's say i'm looking for um a corporate lawyer i would love to see in their roles and responsibilities you know the, the the value of the deals that they've worked on say it's an MA transaction is that a cross border is it a 500 million or is it a 5 million what was the the level of detail they're working on in terms of the documentation you know were they doing first drafts second drafts third drafts you know have they bought in business to the organization so things that just should make you stand out above and beyond are really what you're trying to make visible to recruiters or when I'm holding conversations, I'm looking at people who aren't just necessarily doing doing the, the surface level. I'm looking for people who have achieved excellence. So, you know, ratings, reviews, testimonials, referred people from trusted people within my networks. They're really where some of the top, top talent is lying because most good candidates are typically being wrapped up in cotton wool by their current employers. So it takes a strategic headhunter to really understand what their motivators, what their drivers are, ask the right questions to then present opportunities because that's what's known as the passive market and the hidden market talent. They're really where you're going to find the best quality candidates. But as I say, for you to stand out and get a good first impression is really make sure that your digital footprints make you look in the best light possible. I hope that helps. Yeah, that's a very comprehensive answer. I mean, before I got into LinkedIn, um, a lot of doctors shy away from LinkedIn and I got on and I got so many opportunities just by listing credentials and what my interests were. And by no means I had the proper blueprint to do it more successfully. But um, I looked at, I studied profiles of people who were successful and, and figured out what I should put in and what I should leave out. And that was a very helpful exercise to me. So what are some of the don'ts to do on LinkedIn? For example, I remember when AI was in vogue about a year ago, everyone had AI in their bio. Is that something that helps you stand out or makes someone question that, oh, are some of your other things you're saying uh, truthful as well? 
Yeah, it's a great a great question. I'm I'm a big believer of the, you know specific is terrific. So you know if you are a litigation lawyer, for example, you don't necessarily want just to try and and put a few buzzwords on, in there that aren't necessarily going to make you stand out. So I think you want to be tailoring your profile to the, the the target audience that you're looking for, not just trying to jump on every trend possible. Of course, you know we've know LinkedIn has changed the platform now. So if you have an interest in those areas by all means you could produce some content on that or you could put some some relevant um, articles or, or something related to that but in terms of the experience section and your headline you really want to outline what is the pain point and that service offering that you are giving to the target market you are looking to try and solve so i can't stress enough the importance particularly with us as headhunters and recruiters we want to know you know what is it that you do how do you help people and what makes you a star what's that extra bit you know i help x to do y through z is a great headline to get a recruiter hooked and then you want to add those credentials like you referenced there in terms of what you've achieved you know and how you achieved that and you know back that up with some social proof so you know i see people listing wonderful things in their profile that's great but why not go a step further get those endorsements get those testimonials on your profile as well because that just adds an extra layer of social proof and credibility ideally to pe- key people of influence within your industry so for me obviously legal you want to make sure that you've got high profile partners or people of real stature within the industry giving you testimonials because that's going to increase your 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 kind of interest in your profile and want people to kind of pick up the phone or drop you an email and have a conversation this is actually super interesting i wish i'd had this (laughs) bit of masterclass maybe a few years ago but how important then is the number of connections? Is that just an arbitrary number or, or do you actually look at the number of connections? It's a really interesting point because obviously LinkedIn is moving towards the the sort of content platform and, and trying to create its own lane in terms of versus, you know, not trying to be Instagram, not trying to be, you know, these other platforms. Um, so I think sort of connections it depends what you're on the platform first for it always comes back to why the short answer is no i don't believe um you need to have you know a certain number of connections what you want to have is quality connections within your audience so i would be thinking if i was a lawyer for example i would be wanting to have the key key legal influencers with my industry that are heavy content creators why because those people are going to be obviously actively putting things out onto the platform if you engage in that content you're then suddenly going to become visible to potentially your next hiring partner or your next law firm and you're going to be seen as a thought leader if you comment insightfully on that content i would then be looking to reach out to people more senior than you because I'd be looking for those connections as potential mentors and people that you could reach out to to get advice, careers advice, and perhaps people more junior to you that you could brainstorm ideas and people at the same level as you. You want to have what I would call a 360 network. So you don't just necessarily want to have law firms that you're looking to try and hire and um, get jobs with in your network of course you want those individuals and those connections but think more broadly and treat linkedin for what it is which is a high profile professional networking platform so the larger your 360 network the more opportunities will come through that and you'll actually be able to build your voice through that sort of diversity of uh, contacts that you have that actually reminds me i had a friend who um, she had a business startup and she had a uh, profile which was almost automated like a fake profile a fake employee that had an ai chatbot that actually sent people connections and messages 
And surprisingly, a lot of people seem to reply. I mean, my LinkedIn inbox is, is, I don't think I reply to many messages at all. I, I'm guilty for that because it just feels sometimes overwhelming. But do you see that? Do you see on LinkedIn, like, for example, Elon Musk has, you know, talked about Twitter and its bots. Do you see that type of activity on LinkedIn or is this just a one-off? I, I think it, we potentially could get that to, to, to that stage because obviously with certain people who have such large followings that don't necessarily want to, to lose um, community. I mean, you can set up autoresponders and people have done that on LinkedIn now, particularly myself. I mean, I get, I get tons of DMs every day. It's in, in, impossible. So there is the option, particularly, you know, for your most common pain points to, to sort of say, hey, thanks so, so much for your message. Um, you know, these are the most common questions people ask me if you'd like. And then you can signpost people to maybe your podcast, to your lead magnet, to whatever it might be. Um, and it's a way of kind of notifying people, look, you, um, you're not just sort of not getting back to them, but you're expressing that you may not have the bandwidth to get back to them, but you're giving them some value. And obviously, if they're, they're tenacious or they want to get hold of you, they'll probably find an alternative way to try and get in touch with you. Um, so I don't know sort of AI bots, whether they're going to be sort of commonplace, because LinkedIn historically has been very sort of reserved when it's come to, to sort of plugins, when it's come to gamification and trying to have automation um, and all of that good stuff. So it does go against some of their terms of service. So it depends how how much they really want to sort of push the needle um, to encourage, you know, large scale creators who will have sort of millions of followers. And, you know, we did a, a LinkedIn live not so long ago with um, Imad, um, Ahmad, who's got around, you know, over about 1.2 million followers on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, he was saying he still replies to his DMs. You know, he still does it, you know, individually because he wants to build those connections. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it all develops. Yeah, I feel like LinkedIn is, is definitely um, becoming more and more prominent in now, from from kind of medical doctors, I know a lot of them are jumping on as well because they're like, "Oh, we don't get any opportunities outside of medicine because we're not on LinkedIn." And they've heard of some success stories as well and the the power of LinkedIn. So, with that, Rob, why don't you tell us about your upcoming project in Web three? So, I have my creator coin, Dot Coin, with Rally, um, and I use it for my Clubhouse community, and I'm trying to engage it more and more. Um, I know you're super involved with NFTs in Web three. I think I own like one NFT. The the Apex optimizes human performance community to stay on top of all the health stuff. So tell us about your project. Yeah. What does it involve? Yeah, thank you. That's very, very, very kind of you. So the the first project, so I'm on a journey to take my legal community from the world of Web 2 to Web 3. Um, it's not an easy journey because we're all still learning. If anyone tells you that they're, they're an expert in Web3 NFTs, crypto right now, I would perhaps suggest running for the hills. That's not to say that there's not good people out there doing good things, but it's really, really, really important that you do your due diligence. So for us, what we're trying to do, as you very kindly mentioned, I'm, I'm the host of the Legally Speaking podcast. We have a very engaged community. We are sponsored by, as I mentioned, an organization called Clio, and they're one of the world leaders for cloud-based technology. So they really understand and are trying to, to push the needle. And I think they just yesterday became one of about 150 companies globally to have passed a threshold to actually make them that sort of designation seven times rarer than a plentiful tech unicorn. So we've got some real clout behind us in terms of a collaboration and sponsorship with an organization that really wants to immerse themselves into the world of, of Web3. So what does that mean in practical terms? The first step we did is we did an NFT uh, drop for our, our community. That was a token-gated event which gave people
people access to two masterclasses. One of those is how to scale and launch a successful podcast and how to, to land um, a sponsor. And, you know, as I've mentioned, that's sort of a journey that we've been on and we've done that within the niche of legal. And the second is how to network, build a personal brand and land your dream jobs, because I've obviously been in the, re- the careers and recruitment space for the last 15 years. So that was super successful. And we also gave some bonuses for that attached to our community as well, because we have a aspiring legal community as well as a come practicing legal community. So as part of some of the bonuses for that first NFT, people are going to get a bit of entertainment because we always talk about inspiration, education and entertainment on our show. So Carol Baskin from Tiger King, who many people will know, she came on our show previously, the Netflix hit Tiger King show. She's going to do a 15 minute Q&A for winners of some of the competitions we're doing within that particular NFT. And then from holders of that first NFT that people have, they are then going to get early access to our Legally Speaking podcast coin, our LSP coin, which you know all about, um, Sahib, because you have your own coin, which I'm a big fan of, and what you're doing with your community. And what we're looking to do with that is to bring our community even closer together. Think of creating an economy within your community. So we have our own Discord server currently, um, where we've built up, it's only been going for a couple of weeks, but we've already got hundreds of legal professionals and aspiring lawyers and people interested in the legal profession there and we're going to integrate our legally speaking coin with our discord server which is going to give people special access to potential masterclasses, mentoring workshop premium podcast content opportunities to get behind the scenes to speak to some of our landmark guests that we get and there's going to be a whole notoriety of utility attached to people having the legally speaking podcast coin but the important thing for me as a part of the legacy what I really like about the way we're going to approach the uh, Legally Speaking podcast coin is we're not second guessing what the community wants. We're putting the power in the hands of our community with some guidelines. So in practical terms, what does that mean? If you were to own Legally Speaking podcast coin, that not only would we give you rewards for just holding that to say thank you so much for being part of our community. Here's some rewards. I think that's a unique in itself because people are getting value for just being in your community. But secondly, they can have a voice. So if they hold a certain amount within the coin, they can say, hey, we would love to see more legal content around this, or we'd love to see this type of event, or we'd love to see this happening in the future within the community. And hold it's creating, moving to more of a decentralized way where people within the community have a voice to help shape the community so it's a community shaped by the community for the community and i'm really excited because we're the first in the legal space to be doing anything like this in the world so it will come with its challenges but that's really the overarching mission of what we're trying to do on taking the legal community from web 2 to web 3 embracing nfts and creator coins i love that actually i think that's very futuristic and i don't think i've heard of any legal communities um going into web 3 so it's pretty unique as well but i think you've really planned out the roadmap pretty well because I've talked to a lot of people who are doing NFT projects and some of them haven't thought through how it's going to work, but it seems like you've really put the comprehensive thinking um, behind what's happening. So definitely look forward to it launching and coming together. And yeah, you have a big, big sponsor. So that means your podcast, um, you know, is super successful. And that's why I say putting yourself out there, translating your stuff online, we live in a digital world really helps. And, and it's helped me with the, with the human behavior community as well. So, Rob, moving on to kind of final segment of, of this podcast. Um, so you, like me, has, have been very involved in the social audio um, landscape that's hit us in the last two or three years. And, and, and you know, we're doing this on Call-In, which has been a great app. I find it the easiest to kind of produce a podcast, pretty seamless as well. Um, so 
with LinkedIn Audio now launching as well, what are your thoughts about the current space? Do you think it, social audio is here to stay? Um, what features do you think social audio may need? And, and where do you think it'll go? Yes, it's a great question, and, and and like you, I've been I've been very curious. You know, when it's come to 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 social audio, I've I've tried to test a lot of platforms. I know we connected on Clubhouse, and then we did a LinkedIn Live together. But I've tried Fireside. I've been on Wisdom Green Room when it first happened, but I and Twitter Spaces and, and many many others. I I do believe uh, social audio is is here to stay. Where I'm going to be spending a lot of my time because I like to work in the spaces where I know my my avatar is and my ideal avatar is definitely on linkedin because it's the largest professional networking platform in the world they're trying to become more modern they're trying to become more human to increase the workplace human to human connection it will take a bit of time i do think linkedin audio will be a success i think they've actually been very smart in the fact that they've been running an extensive beta program uh, they've had people like myself and various others that are very active across other social audio platforms who have been feeding back to them religiously over the last six months and they've had a very staged approach to rolling out creators and giving people access and and really sort of trying to give people all the tools that they need to be successful as an audio creator on the platform it's not the finished version just yet they're still very much in beta but i do like the look and feel of it the fact that it has um the opportunity to work via desktop the fact that you can plug it in through your microphone i love the fact that you know you can reach out to people you can use polls to draw people into your events they've now created a link on your profile that you can promote your event so i definitely definitely think they're gearing up to make linkedin audio their landmark feature and the fact that they've put that in their my network section which is one of the most sort of viewed sections on the linkedin platform where you can get access to audio events now that's very telling that they're all in and committed and i know that linkedin some some time ago brought in andre santalo who was at instagram who was head of their stories at instagram he's now head of global community and content for for linkedin he's really trying to push this and the fact that they've brought in creator managers on the platform that are looking to partner with creators um, and that's one tip i'd give to somebody if you're wanting to be more visible more active a better creator on linkedin reach out to a linkedin creator manager it's their jobs to really help you shine within your niche um, and out the back of that and the movement that they're looking to take i do think it will be successful at the moment it's very much some pain points some growing pains it's still very new it's finding its way but I definitely, definitely, definitely believe that LinkedIn Audio will be one of, if not the number one for sort of professional audio events, but in a very human and fun way where people can network, connect and build relationships and hopefully, you know, off the back of it, make make a living because a lot of people, you know, it's very time consuming. They need to have the ability to make a living off the back of the value and the service that they're giving. That's really interesting. So how are they thinking about creator monetization? Because one of the things that struck out for me with Colin when they approached me was, um, the monetization side, they wanted to reward creators for the content they're producing, which was lacking in some of the other platforms. Um, how is LinkedIn thinking about that? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one thing that I've raised to them when we've done the town halls that it needs to be, it's not a nice to have. It, it needs to be a priority because let's, let's be straight. There's nothing wrong with earning a living if you're providing value and it's you know of, of, of high quality to your audience you know that's well within your rights to do that so i think linkedin is going through the process now of trying to understand what's best but also to ensure that it's safety because i think we've seen and i won't mention other platforms but other social audio platforms where maybe unverified people 
um, have been pitching courses or selling things and perhaps don't necessarily have the um, the credentials that perhaps was first thought. So I think LinkedIn has a lot of things to think about because, you know, they have a huge network. It's not straightforward that they could just do a, pl- a you know, a plug-in Stripe backend and there we go because there's lots of legal considerations, regulatory considerations. They need to ensure that, you know, everyone that may be looking to try and monetize, that there's, there's lots of infrastructure in place for that and that there isn't hiccups. But I do believe it will be in some form of, you know, delivering high quality content and be able to either token gated events or, or something like that where people will get will get rewarded in some capacity but i still think we're a little way off that we're probably looking at sort of later this year early next year before i think people will be able to sort of directly monetize off linked obviously if you have a lead magnet or a call to action that can take people off or put them into a into a course or into a community and you can sell off platform absolutely but i do think that linkedin eventually will provide the tool so you can monetize in platform Thanks, Rob. Thanks for giving us that insight with with LinkedIn Audio. And I think the audio space, you're right, will continue to grow. And I think a lot of people really liked it and, and, you know, fell in love with it as well. I've not heard type of review social audio has had on any other platform. And and finally, you talk a lot about mental health. What got you interested in mental health? Because it's been absolutely massive in in COVID with a lot of, you know, World Health Organization, etc., talking about how rates of depression, anxiety are so high. And there's been so many tech companies looking at tackling mental health as well. And that's something I really look at and I specialize in is hosting rooms and spaces on mental health discussions, getting the experts on. So what got you interested in this space? One word, family. So, and it's super important because as, as I've referenced, you know, my, my greatest mentor and my grandfather, you know, he, he's currently suffering with, with, with mental health and just seeing, you know, somebody who was, was so successful, charismatic and, and everything else going through, you know, dementia and, um, you know, Alzheimer's and we lost my grandmother and his wife to, to, to mental health. So I've, I've had a lot of family struggle with with mental health but let's also be real we all have a mental health you know we all need to ensure that we're we're looking after and protecting our mental health i've been pushing with people within the community we have physical gyms on the high street why on earth can we not have mental health gyms on the high street and normalize the conversation and really try and pull together to to do as much as we can to support one another and that's why i mentioned in terms of my vision and mission in this digital world to create a collaborative collaborative, kinder legal community, because with more kindness, more empathy, more understanding, that would help so many people who get so stressed, so anxious, so worried in the workplace, and really hopefully create less of a mental health crisis that we're seeing. But initially, I got into this because I've I've seen family members that I've loved dearly, you know, pass away and currently struggling with this. So um, that's why I really want to kind of do as much as I can to to spread awareness and uh, not just talk about it, but actually jump into projects and try and move the needle forward. And it sounds like you're doing some fantastic work with that too. Yeah, 100%. I love the concept of having a mind gym um, where Mind Labs is one of the companies in London that I've... Um, you know, worked with and hosted as well in social audio spaces. And um, I think we're seeing that shift of look after our mental health, like we look after our physical health. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean there are things that we can be doing to look after it and improving and working out our our mind because that's essentially the most important part of our body. And if our mind, if we're not well, we're not feeling well, um, then it impacts all our life and, and the people around us as well in our relationships. So Rob, I love that we have that in common. So thanks so much for coming and being a guest of mine on the human behavior show here on Colin app. And um, 
look forward to connecting with you again. Um, can you tell everyone where people can follow your projects or follow you and connect with you as well? Yeah, no, firstly, I just want to say thanks so much to, to you, Zahave. I love what you're doing. You're so inclusive, kind, and built huge communities, but you're so down to earth as well. So thank you ever so much for, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I continue to learn from you and appreciate you. Um, very simply, the best way for people to connect with me, I believe in the power of one thing, LinkedIn. So it's Robert Hanna. And if you just Google Robert Hanna, Legally Speaking Podcast or KC Partners, you'll come up on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with you and talk more there. Rob, thanks so much for kind words as well. I love having like-minded people, people who are also you know down to earth as well. I think I can always have a very intellectual conversation with you uh, and someone I've gotten to know recently and, and look forward to getting to know more. So Rob, absolutely brilliant doing this podcast with you and this will be available on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. So do tune in, do subscribe and you can catch us always on Calling Up with the Human Behavior Show. Thanks so much, Rob. And I'll catch everyone in the next show. Take care, everyone. Bye.